0: Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Pack. Today we are blessed to have a first time guest and someone who has her finger on the pulse of America's culture. Emily Jaschinski is the culture editor of the popular conservative website, The Federalist. Well, hi, Emily. Thanks so much for coming on today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right. So uh, I mean this in a very complimentary way. Uh, you've got a big job and you're pretty young. So I definitely wanna hear about your career path. You're obviously very good at what you do. So I wanna hear how it came to be that you're in that spot you're in today.
1: Sure, Uh, so I'm from Wisconsin originally and um, came out here for college and never left. Um, One of those people who really likes writing and uh, worked for Young America's Foundation for a bit where I uh, uh, helped on college campuses with students, uh, which was really good experience uh, around 2015, just before things were really hitting a boiling point. So uh, after that, I started working in journalism and here I am.
0: Well, I've been watching your stuff and reading your articles and I know that our viewers, if they haven't seen it or read it, they're gonna love it. So I, I encourage everybody uh, watching and listening to check it out. So really great stuff and uh, so uh, I love talking about the culture piece because it's uh, it's everything uh, you know Andrew Breitbart right uh, you know the politics is downstream from culture and and uh, the it's the way of saying if we don't pay attention to where the culture is going then we're in big trouble uh, I, I personally believe the leadership is up is upstream from culture uh, we got to do the right things to get you know get us back in the right place so um, talk to us a little bit about that, how you view that, how the Federalist views that, uh, kind of the overarching, some of the themes and in, in what you say and, and what you write about.
1: Yeah. So Terry Schilling, um, who's the head of the American Principles Project, said something really interesting on our podcast once. He said uh, politics is both politics and culture are upstream of each other. They kind of interact with each other. And so I agree completely with the Breitbart maxim. We very much agree with that at The Federalist. We think it, it's one of those things that a lot of people on the right miss, that you really have to engage with culture, not just rage at it. You have to understand it. You have to, to some extent, be willing to enjoy it um, And in order to engage with it. But at the same time, our politics really do affect our culture. Um, and keeping that in mind, I think, is also really good perspective when you're trying to get the culture too. you know, when you're trying to engage with the culture, recognizing that uh, the norms that our politicians set actually really do influence uh, popular culture, too.
0: Absolutely. And Terry Schilling is a frequent guest. He's a great There's guy. Great. Yeah, yeah. I, we we, uh, we interact a lot in different ways in different times. Yeah, that's absolutely right and I think our leaders have to be very aware of that and uh, something I think we've kind of shied away from at least in my, you know, time in politics is the fact that, you know, it's a Christian country. 76% of the population still says, "Hey, I'm a Christian." And that's where our founders said, "Hey, you know, if if you don't pay attention to, you know, where God wants you to be, you're going to lose this thing over time." And uh, I think it's a huge part of what's happening today is this too much turning away from God and turning to other things. And I'm always of the of the mindset, you know, we got to put our phones down and turn off the TV, go back to church, ask the pastor who to help you, know, who we can help in our community and go do it, you know, and and that's the beginning of things, you know, enforcing the law is next. But I kind of, you know, what do you see in that that side of things with the just the, you know, let's go back to kind of embracing, you know, what God is here. And that's the Christian norms of what, you know, most the country is a Christian country.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because there's such a big disconnect between the public and the media and our, our sort of corporate norm setters. And that gets to Terry's point, that people who are working in politics and are affecting our politics from C-suites, from classrooms and, and academia, uh, they really are very different in cultural ways. Charles Murray documents this very, very well in Coming Apart. They're very different in cultural ways from a huge swath of the rest of the country. And they have actually managed to mainstream, I think primarily through academia, um, a lot of different norms very, very quickly. Um, and you know to the extent that yes, we are still a Christian, Christian country and there's so much to be done in our communities. There are now a lot of people who, because of the decisions in politics and in the business community, don't have communities to turn to. The churches that they used to go to have closed up or have dried up, and uh, it's it's hard to sort of get back to where we were even just twenty years ago because a lot of people in D.C. and Manhattan who make those decisions um, have intentionally made it difficult and have profited in the process.
0: Yeah, right. It kind of kind of becomes this setting up as, you know, this company and your work—that's your god now. Don't worry about that other stuff. And you know, I. I, I'm an entrepreneur, so I have my own businesses, but I've, you know, I sold one, I was in corporate America before that and in a bigger company and all that stuff and, and lots of good people, but there does, there definitely comes a time where it's like, hey guys, you know, let's just, let's all make our own set of morals here and uh, we're gonna dictate what that should be. And, 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 you know, by the way, if you don't comply, you're going to lose your job, you know, so there's that side of it too the woke HR departments and everything else people are and I have this conversation, you know, with the younger generation about hey, you know, why don't you try to stand up in your company and they're like, well, I got, you know, I got four kids and I can't, you know, (laughs) I don't want to lose my job. So it's this weird dynamic. And I think that there's a lot of hunger underneath for people to say, you know, what? let's take our culture a different direction. And to your point about the churches, I think that those same people that are, you know, kind of like in these corporations suffering a little bit, if they can find the church that's being obedient and following what God wants, it's going to thrive and and they can go there and thrive too. We just kind of got to get back to that.
1: No, I agree completely. Um, It reminds me actually of a few op-eds that have been published recently in the Atlantic and the New York Times where women are sort of celebrating their divorces, which they openly admit and sort of boast came because they wanted to go on these journeys of self-discovery and they were just sort of tired in their marriage. And this is something that uh, the, the kinds of people who are journalists and are writers for The Atlantic and The New York Times can sort of afford to do. But it really affects the way the rest of the country approaches divorce and approaches marriage. And these are norms that have not been helpful to the working class and to the middle class, and to everyone, really, basically. But uh, it's one of those things that when you're so separated um, from God, certainly from God, and from, I mean, I think a lot of this comes from moral relativism. When you're so separated from objective truth, objective reality, um, you can sort of make these decisions. And the more people we have graduating from fancy colleges, working at the New York Times and in corporate C-suite, who think that way, it really affects everybody else. Um, And it's sort of a vicious cycle at this point.
0: Yeah, it becomes their own little echo chamber, which I think is an interesting phenomenon going on. They're listening to each other and they're all patting each other on the back, but the silent majority still exists. I think it's getting more vocal because we realize we have to be more vocal, but it certainly is out there that when people go to work and hear what you just said, and then they go someplace else and hear what we were talking about before with, you know, live this way, it's better they know that's true they want to go back there it's just not been that available lately so you know i'm looking forward to the i'm looking forward to the comeback you know the pendulum swings right and so it's i think it's i think they pushed it way too far uh and my next question though is like so it does feel like at times like the liberals are dominating the culture i mean that's what it feels like i don't think that that's actually true because of the silent majority piece that i mentioned but what would you say conservatives are doing well right now that people just don't know about
1: yeah, I think the big thing to look at is what The Daily Wire is doing, and they're not alone, they're an example of something that's happening. But when Gina Carano, to your point about cancel culture, was booted by Disney from Star Wars because she posted something that was sort of anti-progressive on her social media account, The Daily Wire snatched her up and is making movies with her. Right. Um, and so they're really creating a landing pad and other people are doing the same for those people who are pushed out of Hollywood or who want to leave Hollywood because they're sick of the sort of culture of, wo- of wokeness that's crushing their creativity and their, their artistic freedom. Um, and so I think creating landing pads is one thing conservatives are doing really well suddenly. It's, it's kind of fledgling. It's going to take five years. People are going to have to be patient, if not more than that. Um, to the point where there's really art that's competing with and popular culture that's competing with the stuff coming out of Hollywood um, And the, the corporate world the mainstream corporate world. I think it's happening I think the steps are actually really being taken because the demand is there um, And that's the big thing to your point. The demand is there. Mm-hmm. It's just conservatives learning how to meet it
0: Yeah, that's right. Demand is high uh, but it takes courage and the courage becomes contagious, you know, and people like you are doing what you do that's courageous. And then you tell other people about, hey, there's these things that are courageous and we should just start doing this. And and it just kind of grows and grows. So that's, yeah, I, I, I'm i always the optimist. I'm looking forward to it. So, all right, so I wanna talk about uh, generational communication platforms because I'm, I'm an old guy, I'm 51. Uh, and so, you know, Facebook and email is the older stuff, right, and the younger generation's got a gazillion different things, right? So. What do you see playing out right now in terms of communication platforms going forward, in particular for uh, conservatives?
1: Yeah, it's a tough question because, I mean, obviously it's really difficult. This actually gets to the, your last question. There are right of center companies that are now building up like web servers so that if Parler is having trouble, um, they can immediately sort of move somewhere else or that platform can be built initially on a server that's not going to kick them off for sort of like nonsense. We we
0: personally know all about that, (laughs) about (laughs) about moving things Um, around, you know. Yeah, of course. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, no,
1: no. But that's that's where I think the future is. I think Mm. people are building separate infrastructures um, that will allow conservatives. And this comes with disadvantages, right? People being siloed more and more. Um, but I think to to the extent it allows people to speak freely and to express themselves and communicate themselves I think we will see different platforms pop up when the infrastructure is complete which I actually expect to happen within the next like year or so that people are going to be able to uh, host their their platforms and build their platforms uh, on that infrastructure that's Friendly and it's like going to boot them off. Um, so I think we'll see more things actually pop up. You see Rumble, you see Parler, they're really building. Um, and so the next couple of years, I think things are really going to change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Again, the demand is high uh, it's a vast country, lots of different entrepreneurs and companies doing different things. It's hard to shut it all down at once. Thankfully, we don't live in Australia or all these other places where they can just dominate everybody. But, uh, so, you know, we got that going for us, but, and I, I hate to keep doing this, but, you know, I'm going to ask you another generational question. You probably get tired of this, but you know, for our viewers who, you know, we, we love seeing some of the younger generation, like, Hey, you guys are conservative too. We all love that. So, uh, so here's another question for you. So, uh, so when I was growing up, you know, it's like, uh, there was a healthy kind of not disrespect, but a pushback against authority. And uh, I, I had the song and my, me and my wife were at dinner uh, a couple days ago. And that John Cougar Mellencamp song, you know, <laughs> I, I fight authority, authority always wins, right? That was kind of, those are anthems, right? Of when you're younger, when I was younger, it's like, yeah, you know, push back, You're not going to get your way because we got to be law and order and all that stuff. But I'm surprised at the younger generation's obedience to health official guidance, you know, and just ongoing, like, how long are you going to put up with this? I mean, I gave up on this like a year and a half ago, but they're just keep, you know, they just keep pushing, 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 and they keep going along with it. are you surprised even that your generation, which I know you know how it is, but I'm surprised that it's even gone this far with your generation on on the obedient side of things.
1: Yeah, it's been really interesting to see, especially younger millennials, well, millennials in general and Gen Z develop um, with these character traits where we know that they're just taking less risk. We know that they have higher levels of mental illness. We know that those actually spiked right around the introduction of the iPhone. Um, And I I think there's a lot to do with that. It has something to do with parenting styles for sure. But also just the way social media, the way uh, technology conditions people to live sedentary lives, to live less connected lives is affecting Gen Z in a way that makes them and millennials uh, less likely to take risks and less more likely to want guidance to to follow um, and more willing to follow that guidance. I think it is totally a stark difference between your generation and my generation. And I don't think for the better, either. Um, And so, yeah, I think you just put your finger on something very true and very alarming.
0: Yeah, if we talk too long about it, we're going to end right back at the God go to church conversation, right? right? So (laughs) (laughs) uh, so uh, last question for you. So you're kind of, you know, you're professionally obviously uh, in a great spot. You're kind of coming of age in this journalism world that's kind of falling apart around you. You know, we have the, you know, so-called mainstream media that basically refuses to cover a story that they don't agree with ideologically. Uh, It's crazy. It's just a bizarre time. So what's your overall assessment of where things are, where they're going, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, we saw over the course of the last year Substack really take off. So heterodox journalists who are in many cases very liberal but no longer fit in their very, very liberal newsrooms um, leaving and starting Substack, self-publishing their reporting and, you know, making a lot of money doing it, getting big audiences doing it. Like Joe Rogan has had a huge audience for a long time. Um, He's basically the new Walter Cronkite, as I already say. (laughs) Right. That's great. Um, And so I think it's going in in that kind of direction. Uh, But the challenge then is to be sure that uh, people are able to get to the place where they can start Substacks and they can start podcasts and they can start alternative and independent media sources without going through that pipeline of traditional and legacy media to begin with. Um, And that's its own challenge. But I think it's at least good that, again, there are outlets that are allowing uh, people to serve the huge demand for mm-hmm. good honest journalism that's out there
0: yeah that's right and i have a lot of folks like you on the podcast and i always ask that kind of question and it is it's giving people what they're looking for but they don't know where to go a lot of them but a lot of them are figuring it out and so that's mm-hmm. really great and they can go read your stuff and watch your podcast which like i said i think are great i encourage all of our viewers to check it out Hey, again, thanks for doing this. Thanks for being courageous. I know it's probably not easy amongst your generation. You probably tend to lose some friends, gain some friends because of it, but uh, you're know, you doing great work and and really appreciate it and, and keep it up and love to have you back on sometime too.
1: Well, thank you so much. You're so kind. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, Emily. Have a great day. All right. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without liberal slant. Every morning in your inbox, always free. Subscribe now at restorationofamerica.com slash first right
1: or text first right to one 312